you're listening to Hashtag No Filter. I am Zach Peter, and this is the show that I host every week. And if you listen every week, you should know that by now. We've all been there. Heartbreak Motel with a bottle of vodka, some dark chocolate, and a pint of non-dairy ice cream. Oh, wait, maybe that's just me. (laughs) But let me tell you, the combo is great. And I just want to announce that I am back and open for business. Figuratively, that is. Um, I had a Tinder date last night. Um, It went kind of interesting, but it was my first official sign that I am am back and I'm ready to tackle it. Um, And I'm really excited because today I have a lovely lady, she's a love expert based out of Boston, um, that wrote the book on breaking up and bouncing back. Literally, she just finished it and it'll be coming out very soon. She's the guru behind lovesuccessfully.com. And she's going to be uh, giving us the do's and don'ts of dating and breaking up. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Samantha Burns. Hi, Sam. Hi, Zach. I love that. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. I feel like this is such a relatable topic and everybody's kind of been there at Heartbreak Motel, whether it was a breakup or kind of a letdown. Um, Everybody's had their heart broken. And I feel like today we're going to we're really going to address it. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm looking forward to it because it is such a universal topic. um, And it's definitely affected us all and probably been in our weakest moments. And I know you were joking, but I think we really have all been at that bottom of the chunky monkey ice cream (laughs) container. Yes, where we were like, I'm just gonna have a couple bites of ice cream. And then before you know it, it's all gone. And I'm like, Oh, my God, what did I do? Definitely. (laughs) Um, so Sam, what um, what inspired you to write this new book, um, Breaking Up and Bouncing Back? Sure. So I had gone through my own big breakup a few mm-hmm. years ago, and I've since done the dating game, found a really amazing, adorable husband, and he and I were actually, we were out hiking um, one weekend last fall, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to write a book, and I was just talking and thinking about some of my clients who had come in going through their own breakup experiences and how when I went through my big breakup, I felt really alone and I didn't feel like people quite understood the pain, even though I had a great support system, you know, I was kind of like that broken record. And the point was, is that no one should feel alone in this because it is such this universal experience. And so I really wanted to write a book that was kind of like your therapist and your best friend come together to support you and like make you feel understood and then give you some really great tips and some advice. And so I kind of tie in some clinical counseling um, techniques in there, but I make it really kind of fun and light, even though it's this kind of serious, heavy topic. Right. So you're, um, you, you've gone to school, you've done the study, so you really are a professional. Is this something, or breakup something that you specialize in your practice, or is it more Definitely. of just love in general? No, so I do a lot of break, I do a lot of breakup work, and I, I kind of cover what I consider the four main pillars of relationship things in general. So dating, breaking up, how to be a happy couple, which would be like increasing your relationship satisfaction and then coping with infidelity. Cause I do a lot of infidelity work. And unfortunately that is the juicy reality um, that happens a lot. And so it's not just, you know, in Hollywood and all over the news, I right. hear, you know, in unfaithful stories all the time. So I've kind of focused on those four topics. Okay. Um, and this book kind of dives into the breaking up and dating piece, but Let- I will certainly come out with 
some good infidelity stuff down the road. Yes. Well, well, just real quickly on that topic, only because I have a lot of um, people in my life that are kind of going through that. What do you think about um, is is if you're in a relationship and somebody cheats, is that something, do you believe that that's something that they can really come back from or does that really break a relationship? I 100% believe you can come back from it. And okay. that's actually what, you know, I specialize in helping couples recover from infidelity. But I do think it takes special couples. I think there has to be okay. a level of commitment. Yeah, you really and have a to level, be committed. 100% and a level of, I guess, um, regret or remorse because sometimes I'll see couples and the straying partner ultimately I don't think feels badly or is going to stray again but in other in other relationships it is this like life-changing I can't believe I've put us in this situation how can we strengthen our relationship and rebuild our trust and sometimes in my successful cases couples actually come out much stronger and more in love after the affair than before it I can see that. So let me ask you this. What do you think of the whole Ashley Madison drama that's going on in the media right now? Is that something, um, what's your take on it? Do you think, I obviously something like that is something that's going to hurt relationships, but um, for all of like the, the, now that all the names are kind of leaked and everybody's mm-hmm. relationships are really um, starting to get rattled, what do you think of all that? Right. I think, well, I think it's a great time to really check in with your partner and have a really open and honest conversation about your relationship satisfaction. Like sometimes I literally ask my couples to rate your current relationship satisfaction one to 10, 10 being the most satisfied. So I say, where would your relationship fall right now? And that's a really good starting off point to kind of monitor your progress and really say, are we meeting each other's needs? And if it's a low number on the satisfaction scale, you say, well, what needs aren't being met and how as a team, can we take responsibility for them and start addressing them? I like that. I like that just because there may be a hiccup, and even though it's, even though it's a really big hiccup, there. I like that your approach is that there can still be, there, there's still hope for the relationship. I like. Yeah. I really like that approach. So now let's get into the topic of the night, which is breaking up and bouncing back. So first talk to me, which you cover in your new book, um, which will be coming out soon because you just finished writing it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, talk to me about the types of breakups and when um, and which is most appropriate. Sure. And so on my website at lovesuccessfully.com, I actually posted a breakup survey in which I asked people to briefly describe their relationship. So how did you meet? How long did you date? What caused the breakup? And what did you do to help cope with the breakup? And so I looked at the data from about 200 people who responded to the survey, and I found there were two main breakup categories. So what I'm calling the cold turkey cutoff and the hanging out, the hanging on hookup. Okay. So the cold turkey cutoff is when you break up and cut ties. So you either have maybe one conversation, maybe you meet up to exchange your belongings, but it's really clearly over. It's def- There's a defined end. Okay. Um, but the hanging on hookup is that relationship where you're not quite ready to let go. So you, right. you either continue to talk or you get stuck in that bargaining stage of trying to work it out, um, but you're not really ready to walk away. So that could be anything from just like having sex a few times to trying multiple times to say, no, let's get back together. Let's get back together. Right. So which do you recommend? Do you think it's it's good to try and um to try and stay close to your ex or do you think it's best to just cold turkey cut it off? 
Well, I think ultimately it's very individual, but I I, okay. I think people heal, heal more quickly from the cold turkey cutoff because it's right. like as soon as you create distance and space, you can begin your kind of breakup process, which goes through, we all go through these five stages of grief. So it's almost like a mini death of sorts. So when we're breaking up with someone is universal. We all experience denial or shock. And that can last a different length of time for people. So we go through a bit of shock or denial. We go through bargaining, which is when you like pretty much say, let me do anything to make this work. Or if I go to therapy, can we get back together? Or you try to kind of piece it together. You're not ready to let go. And then you have anger. And the anger can be at your partner. It can be at yourself. It could be at like the universe for nothing going your way. And then we have depression, which is, you know, the really sadness stage. Sometimes we can't sleep or we gain weight or lose weight um, and we get really sad. And obviously, if that sadness gets pretty sad where it's affecting your work or you can't go to school, that's a good time to seek help from a professional. And then lastly is that acceptance phase where, you know, you're not happy about the breakup, but you're, right. you've reached a sense of peace of mind about the breakup. And so we all go through these stages and we can bounce around from the different stages um, even multiple times a day when a breakup is fresh. So I think that you start going through those stages faster when you're able to um, cut it off cleanly at first. So what do you think is a big indicator that the relationship is truly over and it's time to just, you know, walk away from it? I don't think there's necessarily one indicator, but there's four questions that I tell um, my clients to ask themselves. Okay. So the first one would be, <clears throat> what's that little voice inside of you saying? So oftentimes, you know, deep down we have that like gut feeling or that voice that's saying, right. kind of represents anxiety or angst or intuition, and it's your self-protection. And that voice kind of says, um, it, it helps you rationalize the relationship Maybe it says to you say to yourself, you know, things are going to get better or I've invested so much time and energy into the partnership that it's easier to keep going than walk away. So I think it's like you do have that gut voice. So it's giving that voice um, a louder volume. I think the next question you say is, do you like yourself in this relationship? You know, are you a better person um, when you're with your partner? Does your partner bring out the best in you? But if you're often feeling needy or insecure, crazy, jealous, miserable, angry, or you spend a lot of time crying, then those are really big red flags that this is not the right relationship for you. Okay. Um, The third question I say is ask yourself, do you argue more frequently than you get along? So if you notice that you're bickering and disagreeing more than you're having fun and being affectionate with each other, then it might be time to call it quits. And then the fourth question to ask yourself is pretty much like do do your priorities and your core values align? Does your partner make it a priority to make you happy? Does your partner make you feel safe? Does he make you feel like a priority? So I think it's really kind of asking yourself these questions. And if you, I mean, if you answer very like big no to any of them, then I think it's really time to say maybe I should get out of this. I like that. Those are really good questions because those really make, they really make you like reflect on your relationship and see like, am I, am I really happy in this or am I just kind of going on because I feel like I have to keep going on? Right. And, And I think that, that it's, 
scary to have the to walk away from something that you're comfortable in. And um, and I think so many people when they jump into a relationship and when it's it's really started to develop, they create this whole like vision of what it's going to be. Not enough people live in the present and live, you know, day by day. Once you're in that relationship, you're like kind of like, okay, where is this going? And once it reaches a certain level of intimacy and you reach that level of commitment and exclusivity, you're kind of like, okay, I envision a future with this person. And then once you kind of reach that breakup, you kind of have to give up on that that future that you saw with this person right which really which if we're being honest it really fucking sucks (laughs) it's so painful it's so and i think that's what sometimes people you know in my what i call my big breakup with my ex we had dated four and a half years we lived together it was a very it was a great learning experience we did have a, a wonderful relationship um but ultimately i look back on it and i think i was so enamored with him initially and it was something I fantasized about for so long that I wasn't totally living in the reality of the relationship and what I mean by that was it was a great relationship that I remember you know during the work day I'd be excited to come home and and see him and enjoy each other's company and he'd come home and he'd be stressed from work or grumpy and it, it was never quite as like amazing in reality as I had fantasized about in my head. And it was really hard to identify that disconnect for a long time because so much of our world is spent in our own head. Right. Let me ask you this. So now when I've ever been in the situation where I've kind of had a really part ways with somebody, I've always, my approach has always been, even though it it may have not been pretty at first, it's always kind of been, okay, well, look at what this person brought to my life and really appreciate what they were able to give me, whether it was a learning lesson. And and to be honest, if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, you know, even at such a platonic level, they still bring something of quality to your life and you have to appreciate that. And even when that type of relationship ends you know it's important to um to forgive them and to and to thank them for everything that they brought to your life even though they may have brought some ugly times to your life or some not so pretty times to just appreciate the ugly and the imperfect times and just um and and thank them for that because they either helped you grow as a person or they taught you something that's so beautiful i just really (laughs) it is i really love that um because I'm a big practitioner of gratitude right. and, and also reflecting on your love lessons learned. And I think what you just said kind of combines both because it's saying, what did I learn from this experience? Obviously, if you're dating someone, there's something you love or adore or cherish about them. Right. So it's not to let the breakup get kind of taint the entire experience. It's to right. say, what did I get from this? How did I grow as an individual? How did I grow as a partner in a relationship? And to kind of be grateful for those experiences, because ultimately, each dating experience you have, I say, is like collecting data. And then you get to like learn from that data and apply it to your next future relationship. So hopefully with each date and relationship, you've either learned something or you've kind of gone out and picked a better partner for you each time. Absolutely. Um, And I think even in like one of my most recent um, relationships that I had a I had to really just walk away from I um, I learned so much about myself and I kind of learned about things that, um, you know, I felt like in, in at least in one of 
in the last relationship, I really, um, I lost my sense of self and I kind mm. of had to, to rebuild that and refigure out who I was where I felt like before I was such an independent person. And then I came into this relationship and I really, I really lost that. And I made my entire life about this other person. And then when I no, lo- I no longer had that other person, I was kind of like, okay, now what do I do now? How do I put like, myself back I? together? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that as awful and painful as that was, it really allowed me to re-examine who I was and what I want and, and the things that I value. And I'm just like, I could never see myself doing that again. And so even though it was incredibly painful, I learned from it. And now I know the things that I could never settle for in a relationship going forward. That's huge. That's really huge. And I think that's a lot about what I talk about in breaking up and bouncing back. Because when we've been in a partnership, especially when for a long time, or it doesn't even have to be a long time, but it's like when you get attached to someone, you, you, when you break up, you lose a piece of your identity. Right. And so when you're in that misery, you have to say to yourself, I need to create a new identity. And so I always tell people, like, how can you invest in yourself? What personal goals or fitness goals or career goals can you start working towards that kind of re-motivate you and give you something new to kind of invest your time in? So I know that after my big breakup, I I picked a new gym and I started, it's an MMA gym and I do kickboxing and boxing and I spend time there and I made a new community of friends and it sounds kind of silly to say that. Um, you know, oh, well, you break up and you go do kickboxing, but there's something so empowering about creating a new piece of your identity. And just rebuilding yourself. I love that. I, I should have done kickboxing. <laughs> right? It's a good way to get out some anger, too. <laughs> so let me ask you this. How long is an appropriate amount of time to grieve a relationship? So once it ends, what's, I mean, does it differ for everybody? Or is there like a good kind of um, general time frame that, that is appropriate before it kind of gets a little overbearing or a little bit much? Sure. So I say no. There's no specific amount of time to cure a heartache. And I think it's kind of like when you grieve a death. Everyone grieves in a different way and it takes a different different amount of time. Right. But I would say if it's been like a few months, and I I mentioned this, if it's distracting you from, of course it will distract you from work. But I'm saying if you like can't get out of bed or you can't go to school or you're blowing off all your friends and this has been going on for a few weeks or a couple months that's a good time to say okay I might need more support with this than I than I can handle on my own okay so what about the people that maybe maybe it's going on a bit too long you can't knock your ex what steps can a person take to kind of get over that breakup sure so in that breakup survey that I mentioned the two most helpful things that people found for getting over their ex was number one, staying busy with good friends. So social support was huge. Okay. So even when you feel like laying in bed, crying and eating ice cream, it's really important <laughs> to, to either do that with a friend or to get out and out of and out of the house. And then the other piece, which is what I threw myself into, is exercise. So Ooh. there is so much research that shows the benefits of exercise. It can decrease depression, it decreases stress and anxiety. It increases your body satisfaction and it makes you feel happy so i say time with friends and exercise and then the two least helpful things everyone this was pretty unanimous was drinking too much and having rebound sex 
that just left people feeling more depressed and guilty. Yikes. Hashtag guilty. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I totally get it. I don't. I think there's that quote that like, you know, the best way to get over one person is to get under another, you know, (laughs) you know, sleep with somebody. Um, I don't know if I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I think it does help, but it helps in the wrong ways. Like for me, getting over it, like is running on the treadmill, listening to music really, really loud and just like running and letting all of that emotion out and kind of just, I think what I found the most therapeutic, especially with exercise, is really just allowing yourself to feel those emotions and be like, yes, I'm hurt. It fucking hurts and it's so incredibly painful and I'm going to feel every single emotion in this because once I, I feel it, I know I can move on and move through it. And that's such a healthy mentality. And I think what I see so much of, which is concerning, is like we, no one, no one wants to experience negative emotions, but right. that's part of life. And so yeah. in this day and age, people like they self-medicate or they do, they just think they, they deserve to feel happy all the time. And happiness is a fleeting emotion the same way as sadness or anger. And so the reality is that yeah, you have to process the negative feeling. So giving right. yourself that time and space to wallow is is healthy and natural. And I think a big part of it is maybe low self-esteem. Yes. So what's your best advice for finding that self-love and improving that self-worth after a breakup? Because I feel like that's really tough. Because once somebody, especially if you were the one that got broken up with, you feel like, okay, I'm not, I'm not as great as I thought I was. Right. And you kind of feel, exactly. So how do you overcome Mm -hmm. that and rebuild that self-worth? So I think self-worth and self-love really come from self-exploration. So we learn about ourselves constantly in friendships, by achieving those new goals. And so I think when a relationship ends, that's that time to, to work on that part of your identity. And so I tell people, honestly, meetup.com, at least in Boston area, but I'm pretty sure it's national, is such a great resource for inspiration. So it, it's most of it's free. It's literally activity groups and hobby groups. And, and different food groups that you can go to in your general city or community. And you don't even have to do it and to meet up. I say just use it for inspiration. So go on there, find something that piques your interest, and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to be independent, and I'm going to try something out of my comfort zone. And when you challenge yourself, it really kind of inspires you and makes you feel whole and competent and independent again. Okay, now let's say, okay, you've made it through the breakup, you're ready to put yourself out there, and then you put yourself out there, and then you get rejected. Now this happened to me, this happened to me recently, (laughs) where for the first time in a long time, I kind of saw, um, I saw a potential. And I was like, okay, I think I want to do this, I think I want to go there. And there was this party, and I was, you know, I was kind of excited about this party, because I was going to see this someone, and I I tried really hard to look really, really good. And then I get to the party, and this certain someone ended up bringing another date. And I was really kind of like, ah, that sucks. So how do you kind of get over that um, sucky kind of rejection? And how do you put yourself back out there after that? I'm sure you looked very attractive. Oh, let me tell you, I looked so good. I got a spray tan. I got a new outfit. I looked better than I've ever looked in a long time. Like, I really put myself together, Sam. (laughs) And so, you know what, though, that feeds directly into the point that I'm going to make, and I don't mean this to sound harsh, but I just think there's truth to this, is that when you walk down the street, you're going to pass 100 people, and are you attracted to all of them? No, of course not. Well, the same goes 
for you. They're not all going to be attracted to you. Right. And so as long as that doesn't bruise your ego too much, I think the idea about dating is that ultimately all of those dates and all of those relationships you enter into, they're not all going to work out. Hopefully one, like if you want to get married in life, hopefully one relationship works out for the long run. So the rest are just kind of like experiments and you're collecting data and you're seeing what works for you. So okay. if you kind of go into dating with a mentality like, hey, this might not work out, but I'm going to have fun and enjoy the process and kind of go along for the ride. And hopefully that doesn't, you know, impact your self-esteem too, too much. Yeah, and I thought it did that night, and maybe it was a, it was the tequila. But the next <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, I kind of woke up and I was like, okay, I still, you know, I got to get up. I have a, I have a job I have to do. I have places to be. I have you know commitments that I've already like. I can't sit here and sit in bed all day and kind of you know wallow in this one rejection. Like that doesn't make me an inadequate person. Like I kind of have to get up and I I just have to live my life and I have to keep going. And after that, I really started taking a little more pride in myself and and I noticed how that approach just kind of changed everything else around me and and you know I started tindering a little more and just kind of putting myself out there a little bit more and I noticed like so many other things just kind of came my way and I was like wow okay you know it it really just kind of comes with your perspective definitely and And I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my mom a shout out for this one because she (laughs) once told me and I think she said this when I was in high school so this was a long time ago but she said you know you can date a hundred people and it might work out with you know guy number three but it might not work out till guy number 99. So you just have to keep going. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about do's and don'ts. Let's close out the show with some good do's and don'ts. So I have a list right. of things that I want to run by you. And you let me know um, whether you think it's a do or whether you think it's a total don't. Okay? Okay. Okay. First one, remaining friends with an ex. I say no, definitely not at first. Really? You need a clean break with space that means no talking or hanging out okay and i say push off thinking about even thinking about whether or not you want a friendship for six months and focus on yourself okay i like that okay what about drunk texting or calling an ex of course not you're gonna regret (laughs) it in the morning yes okay what about sex with an ex no physical intimacy will not mend mend your broken heart And so sleeping together also doesn't mean you're getting back together. And I think a lot of people mix those two up. I think so, too. What about what if you come into it and you're just like, okay, well, it's just sex. You know, we can just have sex. We had great sex before when we were in a relationship. You know, what if we just had it again now? Or are you totally against it? No, because think about when you had sex when you're in a relationship, yes, there's a physical component, but it's also like a very big, like emotionally intimate experience. And so when you're broken up, that's not your go-to person for emotional intimacy anymore. Got it. So no sex with the ex. Okay, next one. What about flaunting your new relationship in front of your ex? I say that can backfire because it looks desperate, but I do think it's okay to be really proud to have someone new on your arm if you're really into them. Okay. Or just flaunting your new kind of life in front of them. Or can you do it in a way that's maybe not as flashing in your face? Um, well, I think if you're feeling good about yourself, let's say you get like a hot new breakup body or you buy some new clothes, you get a haircut, it's okay to be confident. I like that. Okay. What about unfriending or blocking your exes on social media? Is that helpful? 
I think, yes, it can be hard to do because you're really cutting the ties. Yeah. But otherwise, you get stuck in that, like, obsessive thinking, and you're yeah. going to sit there and hit refresh a hundred times. You're oh, going to, yeah. like, passively communicate by you're liking their photos. You're going to visit their profiles. You're just going to want to see, you're you're like want to see what they're up clues. to. Exactly. Right. I it's masochistic. Yes, I completely think it's it's smart to to back off on social media. Okay, um, what about Facebook stalking your ex or your ex's new partner? Um, I mean, it's very tempting, but it kind of just triggers all those painful emotions that you're trying to get away from. There's so much negative energy probably, you know, stuck with their account that you might want to steer clear. Uh- I agree. Okay, what about sleeping around after a breakup? So we talked about this a little earlier in the show. You know, the best way to get over one guy is to get under another. Yes. So I say don't rebound with everyone that shows you attention because even if your ex didn't value you, you can still value yourself. And I don't think that people who are sleeping around all the time necessarily value themselves. I think they're seeking negative attention. I agree. And I think once I kind of start – once – I looked at casual sex as just casual sex and nothing more than that. I really started to value myself. And I was like, you know, I don't want to settle for just that. Um, I like that. I really do. Okay, what about sleeping with your ex's friends? Is it bad to kind of sleep with your your ex-boyfriend's best friend? I think that revenge isn't classy. So you got to separate yourself (laughs) as much as possible and make new friends in your own new community and you'll be happier that way. I agree. Okay, what about immediately jumping into a new relationship, the rebound? So I'm actually okay with this if sometimes, even though you just broke up with someone officially, you could have been checked out emotionally for a long time. So when you actually close the door on someone, you might be really ready for a new relationship. Yeah. So I think the timing works differently for everyone. Yes. So you want to process your love lessons learned. Um, but I think it's kind of like, are you ready? You might be ready for something, which means you probably weren't doing a good job communicating. Okay. Now, now this is more of an objective uh, perspective here. What about friend interventions and kind of stepping in um, when maybe your friend's relationship from the outside doesn't look so great? um, Is it okay to intervene? So I think your primary job as a friend is to be a good listener, Okay. So only give advice when you're asked because otherwise it's unsolicited and you might accidentally offend your friend or they might think you're being judgmental. I actually did this once by mistake with a close friend and I just made a comment to her that I felt like she and her boyfriend seemed to be really distant and disconnected. Mm-hmm. And she talked to him about it and they actually realized that they needed to make each other more of a priority. But uh-huh. she also got really upset with me and it kind of caused a hiccup in our own friendship for a while. Ah, okay. I like that. Okay, well. So if they ask, yes. Otherwise, just listen to them. And you can kind of try to, like, insert your feedback gently. But if you just kind of come out out of the blue with it, they might get defensive. I agree. All right. So I, I, I definitely agree. That's definitely something we need to be delicate with. So thank you for playing do, do's and don'ts with us, Sam. And thank you You're for welcome. coming in and talking to us and helping us get through these breakups. I feel, I definitely feel like I learned a couple of things. And I feel like Are you better prepared to deal with your next breakup? I certainly hope so. I can't, I'm not perfect, but I definitely feel like I'm, I'm ready to jump into the next one.
or not Good, jump into it. I'm ready to ease myself into it and ease then yourself in exactly. and be active on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I know you'll be back next week to chat with us a bit. Uh, you're going to answer some questions from our listeners. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I have a great um, a friend who's coming in to chat with us. So I, I'm definitely excited about that show. Um, but thank you so much, Sam. Where can people find you on social media? They can find me on Facebook at Love Successfully and on Instagram at Love Successfully. And I really appreciate any likes on that. And then I'm also on Twitter at Love underscore Expert underscore Sam. Yes. And and I love all the articles on your website, lovesuccessfully.com. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on. And everybody needs to head over to lovesuccessfully.com. And when Sam's new book comes out, uh, Breaking Up and Bouncing Back, everybody needs to go buy it. I know I will be first in line. Yes, um, <laughs> I'll sign it for you. Yes, please. Um, thank you so much, Sam. All right. Have a good night, y'all. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. Um, we will be back next week. Like I said, Sam's going to be back, and we're going to be answering some of your questions. So make sure you tweet me at Just Plain Sack. Let me know what you want to know about relationships and dating and breakups and, and, and dating on Tinder. I think we'll be addressing that next week. We're going to have um, my friend Veronica Baltadano back on. She is the Twitter dating master, um, and she is also the master of everything disaster dates. <laughs> so we'll be chatting about it next week. So don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. Follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. And don't forget, visit lovesuccessfully.com. Sam has great insight. Thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.